Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this, the Planeteers Podcast. It's HBW. And welcome to this week's Planeteers podcast number four. I am Ismita. Hello from me, Precious, and welcome back to the Port- Planeteers podcast. Hi there, um, this is DC once again coming to you from our Cape Town studios. Um, Ismita, we, we haven't seen you for a few yeah. weeks. Where have you been? I've been traveling up in the north in the country called Norway. I spent two weeks in the south in Bergen and two weeks in Tromsø. And guess what? I was lucky enough to see the northern wow, lights. Wow, nice. that's fantastic. Ooh. You are very lucky. And that's Adventure. because of being a scientist, right? That's true. Science takes you places. It really does. <laughs> that's quite impressive. All right, let's have a look at what we've got on today's podcast. First up today for our science news, we'll be looking at what scientists have discovered about the estimated carbon in our Earth system. And then after science news, we've got this week's exciting interview, which this week is done by our roving reporter, Pakiso. He's up in Pretoria talking to planeteer Tatai Masakili. And thereafter, in One Minute Science, I'll be telling you about my research project on phytoplankton in the Southern Ocean. After One Minute Science, we're coming to the really exciting part of the podcast that you all look forward to. That's our science theatre, where we're off to meet the Pope in Rome. And then this week, we don't have an Any Questions section, as we're all getting really excited for next week's live event, where we're going to have a panel of expert scientists answering all of your questions on the course. Let's get into it. First up, we have Precious with our science news for the week. This week in science news, scientists from the Deep Carbon Observatory in the UK have for the first time estimated the total amount of carbon stored in the Earth's system. So this group of scientists have spent the past 10 years researching this and have found that the Earth system contains nearly 2 billion tons of carbon, with most of it being under our feet. Wow, that's a really interesting uh, observation. I don't really get a feel right for uh, how much 2 billion tons is. I mean, that's just the numbers uh, get huge. But with most of it being beneath our feet, that's actually quite scary because the ultimate conclusion of uh, fossil fuel burning is that all of that's going in the air unless we do something. Hmm, That's actually a very important why we should take action into burning of fossil fuels. Yes, but also having read the paper, what came up is that most of the carbon is actually stored in the lower mantle so it's actually not fossil fuel so it's like not in the crust and it's not accessible to humans it's not accessible to humans okay well that makes me feel a bit better even though i don't really know how big that two billion number is in my head (laughs) true moving on a giant iceberg named d28 which is estimated to be bigger than the size of la has broken off the Amiri ice shelf in East Antarctic on the 26th of September. Okay, that's really interesting. We always hear these stories, right, of ice sheets breaking off. I mean, it's in the news quite regularly. This one sounds bigger than usual, but it's really hard to tell. Is that normal, right? Because, I mean, it sets off the climate change alarm bells, and that's probably quite justifiably right. 
But I mean, how often do I shoes break off? It must well, happen all the time. Yeah, and technically it's been happening quite often, but the size does become quite an important factor because recently the Larson shelves have had significant pieces that have been breaking off and I was fortunate enough during one of my expeditions to have seen one of these icebergs that broke off some 20 years ago and that has been travelling around Antarctica. I suppose my point is though, you know, Shackleton famously went to the Antarctic what, nearly 200 years ago, 150. And the question is, would he have seen ice, ice sheets breaking off? Right? Because just one, one swallow doesn't make a summer, one ice sheet doesn't make climate change, right? Right, but I don't think it would have been uncommon back in that time to have seen ice sheets break off. So then the question is, what do we make of this? Is this evidence of climate change or is it just something normal like leaves falling off trees in autumn? I think it's the rate at which it's happening. So it is at, a, at an alarming rate at this stage because as we highlighted in our last podcast, Green, uh, Greenland, was it? it the, that was the first time they actually ha- had ice molds this mm-hmm. year. So it's the, at the rate at which it's happening, that's what's... Alarming indeed, Precious. Actually, knowing the fact that there's no rain or snow necessarily on places like Antarctica, there's no way that the snow and ice would be replenished. Yeah. Uh, okay. And let me be clear, you know, I'm not trying to say that the world isn't getting warmer. I'm just trying to uh, interrogate, is this actually evidence of it? Because we see these stories so often. Well, yeah. the melting of this iceberg is definitely going to contribute somewhat to sea level rise in uh, the south. For sure. Mm. Well, guys, and that's it for this week's science news. Thank you, Precious. And next, we go up to Pretoria where Pakiso caught Planeteer Tatai Mosikili for this week's science interview. Hey, hey, good morning, good morning, guys. Um, this is your man Pakiso, I'm Tim Kulu, and I'm here with Tatai Musikidi. Okay, I'm here with Tatai Musikidi, and welcome to HBW Podcast, you know, how we do it. So I'm going to be interviewing her, you know, regarding her experiences with HBW. So I, I, um, I would like to know, like, why, why are you currently studying? I am currently studying at Val University of Technology. It's at Val Fanabate. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, so what, what are you currently doing, like... Oh yeah, I am doing postgrad in higher education. I've started with my diploma in ecological tourism and I did my BTEC in ecological tourism. And then I was supposed to be doing my masters, but I decided to start with this one first to postgrad in higher education. But I am enrolling for a masters the following year. Oh, that that's pretty that's pretty good. So you're also going for PhD perhaps? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the goal, hey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's nice. So I'd like to ask like when when first did you attend your HPW, you know, workshop? I first attended my HPW workshop. It was back in 2000 2017. It was at Peter Marisbeck. Uh it was hosted by UKZN. It was amazing. Honestly, um I first yeah, for me, it was a mind-blowing experience. I've never seen anything like that. I've never been in a room full of people who are so smart, you understand? So, yeah. Yeah, it was, I've learned a lot from other people because we all just doing different courses and whatever. And it's actually amazing to learn from your peers. So for yeah. me, that was, that was a life-changing experience, honestly. It opened my mind to a lot of things that I felt like I was stereotyped in a certain way. 
and yeah it was a wonderful experience yeah after that i applied uh, for co-lecturing i went to um, co-lecturing's training on last year january at cape town and yeah i attended uh, my, my 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 second hpw at bolokwan we were supposed to go to cape town by the rules oh. of things but things changed and then it was at Polokwane but it was still so amazing because I've never been to Limpopo yeah. so I feel like yeah HPW is just those are the things that you that makes you grateful to attend HPW you explore and you see other provinces that you've never been at so it was my first time at Limpopo it was hot it was amazing it was full of people who are just full of life you know and it, and again even though I was a co-lecture I learned a lot from other people as well other peers that were there the group was willing to participate in everything that we put them into and yeah we felt like the days were shorter though you know because it's not yeah it's, it's more like three days right yeah it's more like three days even the december workshop the days are actually like eight it's not like this oh. this one it's not like this one because already they know the talks you're just there to discuss and stuff like that so but still it was it was nice because yeah it was nice for me i feel like i'm privileged because i have like both views of hpw i attended this one the winter one when i first attended it and then i attended the december one where whereby people were just doing uh, the course online and now they come and we discuss things hand in hand it's not like here when you when all of us are just doing presentations it's just based in groups and then we divide them in groups and then we discuss we discuss daily so it was it was still amazing we didn't want to leave at the end of it we just Aww. felt like oh, it was just two days <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Aww. yeah it was great to peter marisbeck i came here to pretoria pretoria is still a nice vibe you know it's part of the town that i don't know mostly i'm i mean in houghton province i'm just at val or Jobek, you know so being on this part of uh, the province is, is, is amazing as well. I thought it would be cold, but to my surprise, it's a beautiful weather. What is your area of research like? I, I want to know like specific topic that you chose for your research or are you guys doing different uh, do thing, doing things differently since you own education? You see, in education, it's not like they give you a topic and then you have to work for it. It's just um, we're doing four modules and each and one of them is divided. They basically teach you how to, like how has um, technology transformed higher education? Because back in the days, people would just go in front and just do lectures and what that was and people use textbooks. So now we're studying, um, is, it, is, it, is the use of technology improving higher education, higher, stu higher institutions, or people are becoming more stereotyped in using technology and whatnot. Because okay. now we're we, we basically reading journals online, we're using the laptops, we're using what? You can choose not to come to class, you'll still get the lectures online, you understand? Oh, so we're, nice. studying, we're studying that if technology is influencing the education system positively or negatively, uh, and you have to support it, you know, with what has been done previously. Do you feel like the passing rate was higher or lower? What can be changed and yeah stuff like that so we're basically making research about that we're interviewing lectures and we also go to high school to interview um um teachers you know because we want to understand how is it that other students they come to university and they struggle others they come to university and they fail and you know at high school the passing rate is just 30 percent yeah 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 so we, i find that very disturbing honestly <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. saying it's okay for a student for a learner to know 30 percent and wait, 80%. wait, wait is, is it 30 percent now because uh last time i checked it was like 40 
this year it has in, no it's still 30 because the, oh. the, the the last interview that we did it was at um some high school at Kwakwa. they're still passing with 30 percent i'm like are you okay with what of the work that's so disturbing so we want to understand oh, we want to build a bridge between the high school and the, the university institutions because at university you are, expect, you are expected to get 50% true yes so we want we want like student to be able to cope because others they even drop out others they commit suicide it's just a lot true yeah there are a lot of um, factors that add into first years dropping out you know so we're trying to build the gap to that and yeah, so far it has been a wonderful experience, really. I'm enjoying it. So yeah, basically in, in, in higher education, we do research, you know, we don't have a specific topic. You just work uh, according to the modules. Maybe in this module we focus on um, high schools. Maybe in this module we focus on technology in high institutions. Maybe in this module, yeah, it, it differs. Wow, wow, wow. That's, that's, that's really awesome. So, so I'd like to know, like, as HPW, the, the knowledge that you gained from HPW, does it help you in, in your academic life? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, honestly, when I first attended HPW, I was very shy. You <laughs> <laughs> I mean me? I would I would never have this talk with you. Honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I cannot. Yo, my English is bad. What if it's true? Yeah, true. I'm like yo, I don't wanna, you know. But you know, HPW, they just throw in. They just throw you in stuff, and you have yeah. to talk. You yeah. have to deliver. And besides, I was inspired by other students. The confidence oh. that they have. Yeah. You know, the lo- the knowledge that they have. That's what. Yeah, that's what inspired me. I was like, I need to get to this. You know, I want to get to this level i want to be this confident i want to be this brave i want to have this knowledge about pretty much everything you understand so i sat down with myself and i'm like i was like you know what i need i need to step out out of my comfort zone you know stop being so stereotyped you know just because we're from the free state i'm not saying people from the free state are are stereotyped but i just feel like you know People out here, they explore a lot of things. There are a lot of, exp- of opportunity to explore, you understand? So I just decided, you know what, I need to step out of my comfort zone, learn to speak in front of people, read more, and yeah, improve my communication skills, improve my vocabulary, and that has worked quite well with me because I was exposed to this, opportun- this, this HPW thing, yeah, yeah. you understand? Because I, you know when you are at university, you are in your comfort zone, you are used to your, uh, your, your, your class, classmates i was basically with them for three years you know so i used to you are used to those eyes you know who's gonna ask you this question and whatnot so being here i was like it was it was a wonderful experience i was you know i was blown away by the knowledge and the confidence that people had i i I was really inspired i was like this is gold i want this and yeah i went back and worked on myself applied for co-lecturing and yeah it has been an amazing experience ever since you know like this is the best workshop ever. I wish yeah. so many people could be involved in this. You yeah, know? yes. That's yes, what yes. I usually, because I'm a tutor where I come from. Oh. I tell a lot of students that I tutor that, you know what, you need to apply for this. So, yeah, for me, it's, it has been a wonderful experience. And I want everyone to have a taste of this. Anyone who is a student, True. I urge them to apply, honestly. I just, I do the videos. I, I got, like, everywhere I am, we talk about HPW because I want them to be exposed to this. Me, so nice, yeah. A, a wonderful experience. It has been a life-changing experience. True. It's very Everyone amazing. Everyone who has attended for the first time, they always want to come back. So. Yeah, yeah especially in class, you know, 
in class like you feel like everyone is involved everyone is yeah everyone needs to appear everyone needs to appear everyone is involved yeah yeah it, it gives more even people who are shy more confidence to actually ask questions to actually comment to actually you know give their inputs their knowledge and all and all those other stuff and that's what i love about hpw as well you don't feel like you are younger or yeah 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 it doesn't really matter what you are studying yeah whether you're knowledgeable or not exactly. you, you're gaining and then you're able to give out. we are all even here that's 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 a great environment you don't want to feel like you're outside and what not yes yes, yes the focus is at system size whether you're from up or what not here we are all hpw and we are one thing you know you know that's 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 amazing that's what i love ah it was pretty <laughs> nice conversation you know talking to you and um, i would like to thank you for thank you for having me yeah, I enjoyed thank, you, thank you thank you so till we meet again on another podcast so i'm out All right. Thank you very much, Per Kiso, uh, once again for such superb reporting. Really nice to hear from senior planeteers at the workshops, both about their experience and their research. And science education is, of course, a really um, interesting topic that not a lot of scientists think about. And then here, access one of the topics that we think is really, really important to South Africa. Moving on in today's show, next up we have the One Minute Science. One Minute Science. Hi guys, my name is Esmita Singh and I'm a PhD student with the Soko Research Group of CSIR, currently registered at the Stellenbosch University under the TraceX Group. My research is on the seasonal cycle of Southern Ocean phytoplankton. The Southern Ocean is known to play a significant role in the global drawdown of atmospheric carbon dioxide. However, it is limited by the micronutrient iron, which is necessary for the process of photosynthesis. By conducting incubation experiments in situ, I am trying to better understand the changes that take place over different seasons, from bloom season in spring, to summer, autumn and eventually winter when there is little photosynthesis taking place in the colder and darker south. I am looking into the photochemical efficiency or response of the phytoplankton to light by using the technique of fluorescence. This will provide us with information on the health of the phytoplankton in a specific area at a specific time. Thank you Azmita, that is such interesting research. Next up, we're going to Ram for this week's Science Theatre. Science Theatre. This week's Science Theatre takes us back to the year 1663. The Pope in Rome is waiting for famous scientist Galileo of Galilee to stand trial at Vatican. The crime he's accused of is the most serious and most heinous crime any person from Rome at the time could dare to commit. Heresy! All the events depicted in this section happen exactly as they are depicted here. How do we know this for sure? Because we made it up ourselves. Wow! This place is massive, isn't it? I ain't believing the size of this massive room, my G. Ah, bruv! You must be the Pope, innit? Here at the Vatican, you wait for the Pope to address you. 
Not matter how famous you are, Mr. Galilei of Galilee. Aye, no one call me that, bruv. You can just call me G, innit? I will not be calling you G, Mr. Galilee. This is the Vatican, and as is such requires a certain amount of decorum. Why on earth are you speaking in such a ridiculous accent? Bruv, that's my usual accent, innit? I'm from the west side, yeah? The west side of where? West side of Rome, yeah? On a note of historical accuracy, whereas we can't be sure this is exactly how Galileo sounded, there are no recordings of him speaking, so we can't prove this wasn't how he sounded either. How come you dissing me accent, yeah, when you sounding like a woman, yeah? I do not sound like a girl and I have this man here looking at my skirt to prove I am very much a man. Actually, Pops had to have a man look up their skirts to confirm they were a man after a woman once impersonated a man to get the gig. So, you be a man who wears a skirt? Listen, I, I ain't judging or nothing. Silence! We are here today to judge you in your trial. You have been accused of heresy. Aye, what is this heresy thing, bruv? It's the highest crime in the land. Disrespecting the word of Almighty God himself. He who begot his only son to die for our sins. Aye, bruv, this is nonsense right here, yeah? I ain't been disrespecting the big man. I'm like 110% Christian, bruv. Are you committed to accepting every single word of the holy book? The holy book? That's the Bible, yeah? Yes, the holy Bible. See, I told you I was Christian and all that. So you accept every word of the Bible? Yeah, bruv. It's the big man's word, isn't it? I respect the whole thing, yeah? Let me read a bit from Psalms 93. The majesty of God's rule. The Lord is king. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed, he is girded with strength, he has established the world, it shall be never moved. Ah, uh, right, yeah, I see why we're here now. Mr. Galilee, you recently published a book expressing your co-considered view as a scientist that the world moves, did you not? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, you see, right... But the Bible says it shall never be moved. Are you saying the Bible is wrong? I ain't saying the big man is wrong, yeah? So you repent and renounce your evil words? Nah, I ain't saying that either, bruv. My goodness, this man is a simple idiot. Mr. Galilee, the book cannot be wrong and right at the same time. You're either a heretic who denies the word of God, or you renounce all your evil words. Which is it, Mr. Galilee? Okay, right. The word, the Bible, yeah? It is the word of God. I totally massive respect that. But I ain't wrong either. The earth do move. I can prove it, right? I got this mate, he's called Copernicus. We give him the name Nicky C. Me and Nicky C, we use this thing called a telescope. It's this new science thing, right? It makes stuff that's like really, really far seem really close by, right? And we looked at them planets and... Uh, the maths ain't right, man. If the Earth is still, the maths it ain't right. We has to be moving. Simple maths, mate. So you are a heretic. Nah, bro, you ain't listening. You read that Bible shit, it's full of like really weird shits and stuff. People live for like 200 years and giants. Do you see that happening now, bruv? Well, uh, no. Okay, so hear me now. This is important, yeah. The big man, he actually, he wrote two books you need to read, bruv. That dusty old Bible book he was reading, and this other book of nature, yeah? 
They about totally different shits, bro. He wrote the Bible to tell us how you should act cool and be all moral and that like. But he wrote this other book about nature. It tells you how stuff works right. You just gotta read both books to understand him, yeah? Two books to understand our Lord and Saviour. I think I have the one book I need. Oh no, man, you ain't listening. The Bible, it tell you how you go to heaven, yeah? It ain't telling you nothing about how the heavens go. That's science, bro. So you are saying the Bible isn't mean to be taken literally? It's about morals, about how to go to heaven. The book of nature tells us how the universe works or how the heavens go. You and your friend Copernicus have read the book of nature in a way most others cannot and it tells us that the earth is just the one planet out of many. Yeah, I guess that's it, innit? The Bible tells you how to go to heaven and not how the heavens go. So the Bible is correct. But hang on a minute. That means you're saying that I am wrong in my interpretation of it? I, I don't like where you're going with this, bruv. I am the Pope. I am infallible. Infallible, yeah? I think there's a cream for that. Lock him up! And they all lived happily ever after. Well, the Pope did. Galileo lived out the rest of his life locked in a cell, where he invented the science of kinematics and also started an ultra-woke underground hip-hop collective, MCWG. That was a very exciting science theatre. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but yeah, that drafts out our science theatre for today, guys. Unfortunately, today we don't have, we're not going into question to the Q&A section because we're saving up questions for the live event that is happening next week and Carl tell us more about that sure I mean it's something we're quite excited about this time it's a new format we're calling it the soul the super online live event Ooh. and that's going to involve everyone who's uh, involved in our online course right now and anyone in fact who's nice. listening to this podcast is invited on Friday between the hours of 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. to come and interact with a panel of scientists online. So we're going to have a panel of scientists here in the Cape Town studio who are going to be available to answer any questions you have on earth system science. And we're going to have all sorts of specialists. So far I know we've got a geologist, we've got an oceanographer, we've got a chemist. We're going to get them all together with just the one sole task of actually chatting to the general public and to the people on the online course with and answering their questions about earth system science. So we're hoping that you save up all of your questions for that event next week Friday also I should say we are going to host some like local events at campuses around the country more about those will be coming up uh, on our website our home page this week so I'm guessing if you want to join you go onto the Facebook page on the Facebook page, on our social media, we'll advertise it, yeah, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Those doing the online course, they'll just get the information uh, to their email. I'll also, I'll try and put a link below this podcast so that you can join next Friday. That's the 11th of October, and it will be between 10 and 3. Sounds exciting. Guys, that wraps up our podcast for this week. All right, and it's bye from me, DC. And bye from me, Esmita. Bye for me, precious. Ta-da! This week's Planeteers podcast was brought to you in loving memory of Pakiso's laptop. Given its untimely passing, the podcast was guest edited and produced by Dr. Carl Palmer. 
The studio team were Precious Mahashlela, Asmita Singh and Carl Palmer. The voices in the science theatre were done extremely badly and any passing resemblance to real life persons, past or present, was merely coincidental. <laughs>